0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stories Podcast. I'm your narrator, Kelsey Lee, and today we're reading an original story called Amazing Grace Number One Every Creature, written by Daniel Hines. To have this story and all of our stories delivered free to your computer, phone, tablet, or other device, please subscribe on iTunes. When you subscribe, you help us to continue to create free, quality, family friendly content. And now we bring you every creature. Enjoy! In the black depths of space, where starships travel faster than the law, there is a new and wild frontier. Colonists settle strange planets, pirates smuggle exotic goods, and bold heroes eke out livings with the sweat of their brows and the triggers of their blasters. In this brave new world, there is one girl dedicated to protecting the defenseless creatures of the universe. She is Amazing Grace, Princess of Space.
1: Stories podcast is brought to you by Chase. All my real estate friends say the same thing. The last few years have been a seller's market. So how does someone like me looking to buy their first home stand out and get taken seriously? Chase's closing guarantee is one way to give you the edge you need. As a Chase customer, you're guaranteed to close quickly or you get $1,000. So you can show homeowners you're serious about buying without the personal letter, or gift basket, or skywriting it over their house. Get in your first home even faster with Chase. Learn more at chase.com stories. Chase, make more of what's yours. All home lending products are subject to credit and property approval. Rates, program terms, and conditions are subject to change without notice. Not all products are available in all states or for all amounts. Other restrictions and limitations apply. Home lending products offered by J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A., an equal housing lender. Summer is finally here. It's time for beach days and barbecues, family vacations, and quality time with the ones you love. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend a whole day getting my hair colored at the salon when I could be outside playing frisbee with my dog, but I also don't want to take a chance on a box kit from the drugstore. Now there's another option, Madison Reed. It took a strong woman to shake up the hair-coloring world, and Amy Arrett did just that with Madison Reed, the company she named after her daughter. Madison Reed offers gorgeous, professional hair color delivered to your door for less than $25. What makes their color unique is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm to create over 45 gorgeous, multi-tonal shades. Clients agree. With Madison Reed, you get gorgeous, shiny, multidimensional, healthy-looking, fresh-from-the-salon hair. But you can do it yourself at home. Get an expert color consultation or take the color quiz at madison-reed.com. And right now, Stories podcast listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code STORIES. That's code STORIES for 10% off your first color kit plus free shipping.
0: Today, we find our hero blasting through the Glagrim Nebula, a fine, glittering mist of stardust washing over the viewport of her rocket ship, the Walden. She sits at the controls, loosely cross-legged, ponytail floating behind her in the zero gravity. On the console in front of her, between the cup holders and the warp throttle, is a scrap of paper with two words on it. The first is Magico Two. The second is Hexacorns. It's the second that has Grace Nervous. From behind her, the compressed air whoosh of the Walden's cockpit door opening.
2: And where are we blasting off to now?
0: Asks H.D. Chips, the Walden's robotic mechanic, in his electro-synthesized voice. Grace spins around the co-pilot seat with her bare foot, and Chip floats into it and straps himself down. We're heading to Magico 2, says Grace. Seems the colony president has been having trouble with poachers. Poachers, mm-hmm, says Chip with a mechanical spitting sound.
2: Well, we'll sort them out. No poacher can escape Amazing Grace and HD Chips. No siree. What are they poaching anyway?
0: Well, um, hexacorns.
2: Hexacorns? You took a job saving hexacorns? You might as well have taken a job saving a volcano, or a nova storm, or a, a, a. Hexacorns?
0: Hexacorns are creatures too, Chips, says Grace. Maybe if people treated them with a little love, they wouldn't be so mean.
2: Yeah. And maybe if you put a soda in my mother, she'd be a vending machine.
0: Henry David Thoreau said that it's never too late to give up your prejudices, Chips.
2: Oh, yeah? Remind me. How many hexacorns did they have at Walden Pond? A dozen? A hundred?
0: That's enough, Chips, says Grace, and floats up and out of her chair.
2: There were zero hexacorns at Walden Pond. Old Henry David can kiss my
0: rotors. An hour later... The walden is dropping into the atmosphere of Majiko 2 trailing a streak of blue fire across a pale sky like a slash of paint on canvas they roar over dense purple forests and vast empty plains of waving blue grass and finally come to Majiko City a small colony of rusted-out old starships converted into permanent buildings Grace now clad head to toe in a smoky gray spacesuit with a tinted visor slaps the communications panel Majiko City this is Grace Green Captain of the Walden, requesting permission to land. You are cleared to land, Walden, replies a scratchy voice over the Walden speakers. We're glad you could make it. Chips, initiate landing procedure, says Grace.
2: Initiating landing procedure,
0: Chips replies, and his four fingered metal hands slide gracefully across the control console, tapping out a series of commands. The ship rotates smoothly, and the blue fire of the engines fades to red and then yellow and then disappears entirely as the Walden touches down on the scorched black surface of the landing pad. Grace closes her eyes and gives herself a moment to get used to the planet's gravity. It feels about the same as Earth's, common on colony planets, and supposedly the air is breathable, too. A decent start, for sure. All right, then, she says, as the last thrums of the engine fade into silence. Let's go see a man about a horse.
2: Though they bear some superficial resemblance, a hexagor is not a horse.
0: Tomato, 6 horn tomato. Let's roll, Chips. The colony's leader looks like a piece of wire, tall, thin, and dressed in black with tufts of white hair like frayed cable. He meets them halfway across the landing pad, a nervous-looking guard dogging his steps. Amazing Grace! Thank the stars you're here, says the leader. I'm Horatio. I guess you'd call me the president of this colony. I understand you're the best conversation ranger in the business. It's an honor to have you here. "'It's my pleasure, Mr. President,' says Grace. "'And together, they start back across the landing pad "'towards the largest of the dull metal shipbuildings. "'So you've been having trouble with people poaching the local hexacorns?' "'Unfortunately,' says Horatio. "'They are crucial to the local ecosystem, but their horns are quite valuable. "'Of course, they're usually tough enough to take care of themselves, "'but this latest batch of poachers has proven to be quite a pain.' "'More of
2: a pain than six horns in the belly?'
0: "'Well, robot, if you must know—' "'Get down!' bellows Horatio's guard, "'and then the sky is full of fire. "'Grace throws herself to the scorched stone of the landing pad "'and feels chips land on top of her a second later. "'Stun blasts ping off the super-hard metal of the robot's body, "'making it glow red-hot in places. "'And to think, you were worried about hexacorns!' "'She turns her head and sees Horatio on the ground, "'worming his way towards the nearest building. "'His guard stands tall— a stun blaster in either hand, returning fire. She catches a stun blast in the chest and doubles over, and then gets another in the back and slumps to the ground. You grab the guard, says Grace. I'll get the prez. On three. They both nod twice and yell, Three! Chips rolls off her and grabs the guard under the arms with his four-fingered hands. The robot isn't fast, but he's strong, and the stun blasts have no noticeable effect on him. Grace knows she won't be so lucky. She flips herself over backwards and starts running, stun bolts flying through the air. She grabs the President by the collar as she passes and pulls him to his feet. "'Move!' she yells over the Din, pushing him ahead. She takes a blast in the shoulder, but the Dracoderm alloy of her spacesuit reduces the knockout blast to the force of a dull punch. She reaches for her own stun blaster and remembers too late she left it back on the Walden with the rest of her gear." The doorway to the shipbuilding is just ahead, and the president catches a stun blast full in the face. He starts to fall, but Grace catches him without breaking stride, and Carrie drags him the last dozen feet or so, kicking open the door with a harsh metal clang and slumping inside. Chips is right behind her with the guard, who he tosses unceremoniously to the ground before turning to slam the door behind them.
2: So our bosses are unconscious. What's the play?
0: Too late to not take the job, you think? asks Grace with a smirk.
2: All calculations point to yes,
0: says Chips as blaster fire bangs into the door, shaking it in its frame. Well, says Grace, what do you think, Chips? Can we take these guys?
2: You have no blaster, and I'm a mechanic, not a combat droid. Unless these poachers are loose thrusters that need tightening, there's not much I can do.
0: We don't even know if these guys are the poachers, says Grace. And suddenly the blaster fire stops. Amazing Grace, bawls a voice from outside. We'll give you one chance to get back on your rocket and blast off out of here.
2: See, it's the poachers,
0: hisses Chips. You don't know that, whispers Grace right back. It's the poachers, says the voice. We know who you are, and we know why you're here. And we aren't about to let some little conservation nut job ruin our operation. You have till sundown to get gone. If you're still here come nightfall... We'll be back, and we'll burn your ship to the ground. Grace rises and crosses to a round porthole-style window across the room. She carefully raises her head for a quick look. She counts four, no, wait, five poachers. Four mostly hidden in the tall blue grass across the landing pad, and a fifth standing in the front doing the yelling. He's tall, with a black hat pulled down to hide his eyes, and a long tube-shaped blaster still aimed at the door. Till nightfall, Grace! He bellows again. On the floor, the president starts to stir, moaning weakly. The button, he says, gesturing feebly at a red panel near the door. Grace moves from the window and slaps it, and there is a sudden wail of security horns outside and the bang of other metal doors being thrown open. Chips cracks the door in front of him and peers out.
2: Looks like the poachers are gone. There's a dozen or so guards outside, none quite as big as Sleeping Beauty here. But they'll do for now.
0: Good. You get the president up. I've got to get something from the ship.
2: What are you getting? My gear. By gear you mean
0: blaster, don't you? Says ships, resignation in his voice. Thoreau used to say, everyone must believe in something, says Grace over her shoulder as she slips out the blaster-charred door. I believe I'll go poacher hunting. By the time Grace gets her field gear and Horatio recovers enough to speak, it's just after noon. This time, the trio are standing in front of an empty corral, surrounded by footprints, hoofprints, and gawking onlookers. Well, says Horatio, looks like they've gotten the last of the hexacorns. We herded up the remaining wild ones and got them into this corral to keep them safe from the poachers. I'm afraid we just made their job easier, though, putting all the hexacorns in one place like this. You did your best. Now you'll just have to leave it to me. You mean, you'll still take the job? Even after this morning? If I bailed on a job every time a poacher took a shot at me, I'd have been out of business a long time ago, says Grace.
2: Plus I have my sturdy robot companion to keep me safe.
0: Yeah, says Grace. That too. So, says Horatio, what's the plan? Grace looks past the corral at the blue grass of the plains, waving slowly in the breeze. I'll track them back to their hideout, she says. Chips will stand by the Walden in case I need air support. "'Be careful,' says Horatio. "'I know this is your job and all, but those poachers are dangerous.' After he says it, he rubs the ugly welt the stun-blaster left on his face. "'Not to mention the hexacorns themselves. We nearly lost three men getting them into this corral, and there were only a dozen. They must have ten times that number at their camp.' "'I'll be careful. Don't worry,' Grace says, and presses a button on her suit. From the collar, a full helmet rolls out and over her face.' masking her features in cool gray dracoderm metal, except for the tinted visor that spreads in a single piece like a bird of prey over her eyes. "'You You got got me on the comms, Chips?' she says into the helmet, and she can hear her own voice echoing from the robot's head a half-second later.
2: "'We are ready to proceed. you sure you don't want me to keep an eye on you from your orbit?'
0: "'Wouldn't help,' Grace says with a shrug. After a couple miles, these planes butt against the mountains, turns into a whole big cave system.' that's where they gotta be. Only way in's on foot.
2: Well then. Good luck, Captain. And remember, if you get trampled or speared by a hexacorn, I told you so.
0: Good luck, Grace, says Horatio. I hope you're as amazing as everyone says. Me too, Prez. Me too. She turns and walks out onto the plains, thumbing another button on her collar as she goes. This time, the alloy weave flashes different colors before settling into a camouflaging blue approximately the same shade as the waving grass. The effect makes Grace nearly invisible if you didn't already know she was there. Get the Walden hot, Chips, crackles her voice over the comm. If this goes south, I'm going to need a lift faster than a speeding hexacorn.
2: Yes, Captain,
0: says Chips. Then, after a pause, he adds,
2: Are they really worth the trouble? The hexacorns, I mean. They are vicious and dumb, and so what if voters take them?
0: Thoreau said every creature is better alive than dead. Not just the cuddly creatures, or the cute creatures, or even the nice creatures, but every creature. Compassion is what makes us human, Chips.
2: But I am a robot.
0: Yeah, well, nobody's perfect. Now hush up for a bit, it's tracking time, Grace says. And she disappears into the grass, a sleek predator determined not to hunt, but to protect the hunted. And if anyone got in her way, well... Thoreau never said anything about stun blasters. The end. For now. Thanks for listening. This story was written by Daniel Hines and produced by Jake Letizia. Please don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a good review. When you subscribe and review, you help us to continue to create free family-friendly content. Don't forget to check back for Part 2 of Amazing Grace's Adventure. I'm your narrator, Kelsey Lee, and I'll see you next time.